Hello, hello, hello. This is Nikki Acosta. You're watching Cloud Unfiltered or listening to Cloud Unfiltered. I've got Ballard with me and today we've got some awesome guests. If I don't say so myself, uh, I'd like to welcome some folks from, from Cisco Cloud Center, formerly known as Clicker. Uh, Kurt, Zach, introduce Howdy. yourselves. Hey, Kurt here. <laughs> awesome intro. <laughs> and Zach here, the guy that obviously can't get my Google Hangouts to work. So, uh, yeah, it's Keelik, product manager for Cloud Center. And, yeah, and I'm and product marketing for Cloud Center. So there you go. So, exactly. so I'm I'm really excited to have you on. You know, I, I I saw the headline today. Sounds like there's really neat stuff happening. Google partners with Cisco on Kubernetes-based hybrid cloud, uh, of which your team is playing a significant role. Uh, but before we get into all of that, tell us how you got into tech, Kurt. You can go first. How'd you end up you know, in Cisco? I, I, I've been kind of a geek my whole life. My you know, in second grade science project, I like you know, pound a couple nails through boards and bent them over, connected those nails to a, like a lamp cord, and you put a little hot dog between the nails, and I made this hot dog cooker. <laughs> and it's been, it's been downhill since then. That was like, the, I peaked early, you know? So uh, I, I got an engineering degree. Um, I got into software after that and have been focused on tech, either using tech or, or selling and marketing into you know, organizations that use technology ever since. So, so despite uh, all the good stuff behind you, you moved over to the dark side. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm a cloud Jedi, but uh, you know, maybe a cloud Jedi wannabe. Awesome. But uh, been been involved with cloud for probably seven years now. So. Yeah, I I, uh, I did a little Google stalking and uh, saw saw some of your old videos from the VMware days. <laughs> That's right. There you go. That's what yeah, we do. You, ha you haven't aged for what it's worth. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and before that, I actually wrote a book on how to build a private cloud. That was back when I didn't know anything, so it's pretty fun reading now. <laughs> that now goes to the fiction section? Exactly. <laughs> Things have changed. And, and Zach, how did you yeah. uh, end up where you are today? So that's a, a, a long and, and winding story. I, I actually went to school to study um, neuroscience. Uh, psychobiology and all this different stuff and uh, ended up uh, joining an ITSM product out of out of university um, they got acquired by EMC I then got rolled into VMware uh, ended up doing cloud management over there that's where I met Kurt Kurt and I go way back to the VMware days and then um, you know he hit me up and he was like hey I've got this opportunity clicker uh, you know cloud management focuses on applications first and everything like that. Are you interested? Uh, and the rest is history. Since then, uh, it's been almost, well, I count it as two years, but I guess it really is only 18 months since we've been acquired by, by Cisco. And uh, bought the ticket, taking our ride. <laughs> maybe yeah. time slows, maybe time goes faster while you're here. You age <laughs> Cisco or something, right? <laughs> well, the amount of work that we put out in the 18 months, uh, in fact, as a quick side note, is I actually uh, thought all of our dates on our documentation the other day were wrong because I was like, there's no way we delivered 4.8 this year. That has had to have been at least a year and a half ago. Sure enough, the dates are right. I just, uh, we've just been turning out so much good stuff. That's great to hear. Welcome to the time warp. Yeah, right. <laughs> so for, for those who are tuning in who, who aren't familiar with uh, Cloud Center, and it's Cloud Center, it's it's no space in between with a big C, right? Exactly. Right. Two big C's. Yeah. Two big C's. Camel Great. case. 
So, so for those of our listeners and, and maybe some folks within Cisco who aren't familiar with, with Cloud Center, give us the elevator pitch. What is it? What does it do? Who's it for? What makes it awesome? Yeah, what makes it better than anything else? What is the awesomeness sauce? Zach, you, you go. I've got my, my buzzword bingo card here, so I'll just... <laughs> so, and, as little, um, and as little buzzwords as possible. Yeah. Sure. So, so it, the way I like to describe it is you've seen this progression through the industry of cloud management. First, it was like all script-based. Then it, it moved into orchestration. And they said, oh, well, you know, all these scripts are the same for every single company. It doesn't matter if you're perhaps you're interfacing with it the same way. And so these CMPs moved to like an orchestration, and they just basically, basically packaged up these scripts and, and resold them. And then the industry kind of said, oh, well, I don't even want to even deal with virtual infrastructure, um, deploying virtual infrastructure in the cloud and stuff like that. Let's go to PaaS. And then our iteration of it is that, you know, let the application, the end result, uh, tell us what the outcome of whatever you're requesting should be. And we'll figure out how to deploy the virtual infrastructure in the best practices for that underlying cloud. It just so happens that taking that methodology of you know deploying virtual infrastructure, virtual machines and containers and all this different stuff to, in context or in scope of the application also makes it so that it can move to any cloud and it's not you know, tied into one specific underlying infrastructure. So a lot of knock-on benefits that come from taking an application um, first approach to deploying and managing clouds. That you want to add cool. on? You want to add on to that? And by the way, uh, CMP stands for Cloud Management cloud. Platform. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I like you know, I like to call it a cloud management or cloud consumption management platform because it's not. You say oh, I'm not managing, you know, my Amazon S3 bucket with Cloud Center. You're actually deploying an application that consumes cloud resources. So it's really a cloud consumption. And so we, we allow, you know, use automation to deploy and manage workloads. And then we kind of got a governance wrapper around it because the managing the people that are deploying those workloads, the clouds, the cloud accounts, Amazon East, Amazon West, and then the applications, you know, in the current multi-cloud kind of environment, managing all of that happens together. They're really interdependent. So our cloud management platform you know, has a, a user perspective, an application perspective, and, and a cloud perspective. So you can apply governance and controls across all of that. So users get self-service, instant access to deploy what they need when they need it, but then you can also do that within policy and compliance and governance, so you don't have people doing things they shouldn't do. Can I, can I take you a step down? Can you tell me how, uh, how, does, how does the main user of, of Cloud Center actually use it? So is it an operations person? Is it a developer person? It, it can probably be both. But give me an yeah. example of how they, would, how they would use it. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's basically a person needs a, a, a workload deployed. That can be as simple like a VM, or it can be a test or dev environment, or it can be a business application. So the user, if you will, is going into a portal and requesting, you know, there's a, a set of easy buttons that they can click on, provide a little information, and then deploy that workload. So sometimes it's an, it's an someone in IT may be using it, or you may have dev and test users, or you may have more like business application users that, that you know, you, you may have a drug researcher who wants to stand up a drug environment, um, use it, run their an analytics, and tear it down. So... Think of it as a as a as a consumption portal. Um, you know, we can front end that with like a ServiceNow or other ITSM service catalog. If you want your 
users to request all their IT services through a single place, or it has its own consumption portal. Um, but again, the user logs in, and they can only see what they've got permission to deploy. And when they go to deploy, they can only deploy it to environments where they've got permissions. So we really make it easy for people to make good choices and not get themselves in trouble. The, the way that I've explained it to people who are like, wait, why would I need that? How is it different than PaaS? It's, it's kind of like, I explained it as like the Google Translator. <laughs> like it, 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 you you feed you know what you want your app to look like, or you, you feed it um, at any kind of like templated thing that you want to deploy, and it will then translate it down into whatever cloud APIs that sit underneath for whatever type of infrastructure. Or it works with VMware too, correct? Yeah, definitely. VMware, OpenStack, it's something like, 12 or 13 uh, clouds out of the box and all the different you know regions so that's Alibaba you know Google compute Amazon uh, Azure Azure stack is coming kubernetes is coming um, so yeah I mean your your description is correct uh, I also put it in the in the fact that like you know 10 years ago people were you know uh, developing maybe on on physical boxes, you know, you had you know Nikki's development machine and Kurt's development machine and Valor's development machine, and then uh, virtualization came out, right? And there's this little operating system called the hypervisor that had an API. You stuck you stuck on top of all of that and allowed you to go and can pool and abstract all these compute resources into into one thing, and then basically segment it into virtual machines, right? Well, luckily, these history is about to repeat itself. All these clouds have APIs as well that allow us to abstract and normalize all those clouds into one pool of resources and do that translation, Nikki, that you're talking about. Just because at the end of the day, you know, the reason we build as IT folks, the reason we build virtual machines is so that the business can have applications to drive the business forward, right? Um, so we, we took a tops-down approach on how we actually deploy that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it takes the control point and it makes it more applicable instead of to virtual machines or, you know, infrastructure. It really looks at it through that app lens, which is awesome. And I yeah. I, I haven't see, I haven't read the latest release, uh, but I know there's some other cool features in there, like as far as, you know, checking performance, for example, or costs across multiple clouds, you know. Yeah, uh, tell us what's new, man. What's the what's the new hotness? So we got uh, we got a couple of releases coming out uh, soon. Um, so well, the new hotness in 4.8, which you know, as I, as I mentioned, came fairly recently, but feels like eons ago to me. Uh, focused around bringing in virtual machines that weren't deployed from Cloud Center. So we refer to that as brownfield. Being able to go out to a cloud and say you already have a thousand virtual machines out there, bring it into Cloud Manager's you know uh, management, and then being able to go and build day two operations to go and say I want to install an antivirus on there. I want to uh, turn on backups on it. Being able to build all that out as, as, you, as you want to. The stuff that's coming in the next release in 4.8.2, uh, should be here by, before the end of the calendar year, is all focused around you know being able to um, do something cool. Uh, it's it's uh, a policy that allows you to suspend and resume your virtual machines on a scheduled basis. So imagine, if you will, um, you know, your your developers come in at 8 a.m. and they leave, you know, around 6 or 7 p.m. Well, from 7 p.m. till they come back in the morning at 8 a.m., that's wasted cloud time, right? Cloud cost. You don't actually, nobody's using it. It's not adding value to your company. So why not suspend those for the time being and save a little bit of money and then bring it up the next morning before the engineers come back in? You know, those are the things that we're trying to look at to bring in hard 
cost savings into the platform. Uh, we also have capacity management functionality coming out in 4.8.2, as well as um, you know support for IPv6. You know, a lot of geeky stuff in there too. Super awesome. So, what what has the acquisition of of Cisco done to how you prioritize features? Like, are you are you getting different features than you would have before kicked off given yeah, so given Cisco's customer base? Yeah, so there's certain things that we've prioritized higher um, given, all right, so for example, Azure, uh, Azure Stack, I should say, uh, it has isn't available through Cisco, right? Cisco builds the UCS Blaze, they bring it out to the customer site, they install Azure Stack and so on and so forth, and you get this big, is cloud enabled. Well, because of that, we're prioritizing Azure Stack as one of the clouds the Cloud Center will support to you know add more value to the Azure Stack hardware as well. Um, as for like, does, has Cisco like told us not to integrate with something because it's a competitor to Cisco or anything like that? Definitely not, right? Uh, we're still integrating into you know um, you know VMware for example and VMware products and um, OpenStack, which you know uh, obviously Cisco has you know things like uh, Vim that uh, you know, and other things uh, MetaCloud, but uh, so is that is that Cisco has influence a little bit, but we're still very autonomous from the standpoint that we're still integrating with things that that Cisco might not have normally done if it was it was if it wasn't the space. We're, we're completely agnostic, right? So tell me about uh, Cisco's acquiring AppDynamics. Yeah. Tell me about how you envision sitting next to or alongside or maybe even in some cases uh, slightly competitive to something like an AppDynamics. Yeah, so so uh, so actually there's a there's a couple of holes, if you will, in our, our respective products that we fill for each other. So it's actually a really good fit. So for example, in Cloud Center, you can auto scale by adding instances and then tearing them back um, based on like CPU utilization or memory, something like that. Well, most of our customers don't auto scale on a simple metric like a hardware uh, utilization. They, they want something like an app dynamics to look at the whole ecosystem of everything from business transaction times all the way down to identify when something when an emerging issue is happening that may cause a business uh, impact. So having, you know, you can auto scale with Cloud Center, but adding, you know, that kind of ecosystem and application monitoring capability of AppDynamics makes it better. It gives so you more similar, intelligence to make a better deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And so similarly in AppDynamics, you know, they can do this kind of pretty sophisticated monitoring and business logic so that if these conditions exist, send an email to an admin if these other conditions exist then we want to auto scale or do something but they don't have that, yeah, that tool to actually go do the work so so they so we fill a hole there by actually being able to respond to a condition so it's really a good yin and yang kind of story so they can be more of the brains and you can be more of the brawn that's right okay, yeah that's, that's right yeah that's pretty good now, what what about something like security and and like umbrella and some of those other things that we've with that? I, have they been? Have you been talking with them? Is that anything to do with this? 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, Cloud Center is able to install a lot of those agents or if they require agents along with it. So if you look at something like uh, StealthWatch or something like that, being able to, uh, or, or even uh, CloudLock, right? All these different things that are able to um, manage an application's security or the communications, right? Cloud Center wouldn't necessarily stand in the way of any of that, but it would help to have Cloud Center actually dynamically install the agents upon application deployment. And then, of course, tether that back to the central compute area that's you know taking all that information and or all that data and making information of it. We do the same with Tetration today. We'll install a Tetration sensor if you're not using the, the 9K, you know, um, um, so you can get information about your networking communications through the application. Um, so it's kind of an ancillary story. It's nothing that uh, you know, like I said, we don't stand in the way, or we don't we don't um, you know utilize any of that functionality today. But we do enable it. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm I'm impressed at how easy it seems. Like all these things are pretty easy to integrate into. So like we could throw any whatever product at you, and you'd say, yeah, we can integrate into that. We just you know use the API. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's content for us, right? So um, through the application deployment process, everything's kind of like a life cycle, right? And as you're deploying these virtual machines, we'd insert. Uh, a script or an orchestration or however you want to, you know, a puppet, chef, ansible, you know, uh, uh, touch point as well, that we could then go and, and just there. And that's how we're, we made the AppD um, integration already and the titration integration already and, and all these other things. Um, yeah, it's just content to us at the end of the day. So, so along those lines, another cool uh, integration is with like CSR 1000, right? So CSR 1000 is a virtual firewall. So you can go up on Amazon and download it from the marketplace, install it, and if you install uh, the same at the other end back on-prem, then it you know, provides a secure connection to the cloud. So Cloud Center can deploy an application. If it's a split application where maybe you have your database uh, back on-prem and your app or web tier up in the cloud, it can deploy the CSR on each end. Now, CSR is kind of a heavy footprint, so we're actually looking at uh, deploying an application that's split uh, using a, an existing CSR service that's already been deployed and modeling that into an application profile. So that whole uh, application deployment that's got that secure connectivity is, is kind of seamless to the, to the person that's deploying the workload. So we try to, you know, part of the, the philosophy behind Cloud Center is to try to hide a lot of that infrastructure detail from the users that want to be more focused on the application. Speaking of those users, you know, I, I, I've definitely talked to, we, we talk to people every week and it seems like, you know, there's, there's broad recognition that some customers are farther ahead than others, no matter what kind of tool or, or cloud sort of yeah. thing uh, that you're talking about. It seems like there's, there's a lot of people who are kind of trying to still implement and get their cloud strategy right. How is Cloud Center helping those folks? Well, I think you're right. There's a there's a wide range, just like in any population, you got kind of a normal distribution, and um, uh, so at at the advanced end, you know, we're we're seeing customers that say, you know, we've spent two or three years moving to more of a, a service consumption model for how IT delivers, and as a result, their cloud bill is going up fifty percent a year, right? And so they're like, yeah, you know, what can we do to kind of help throttle that? And so we've got a lot of those features like, like Zach mentioned, the suspension policy, scaling policies, um, you know, being able to specify an instance size. You know, if you give a developer small, medium, and large, 
they pick large with solid state drive. You know, they, they always every go, time. <laughs> yeah. And in a cloud, if you look at a cloud rate card, every step up basically doubles the price. So, so we're, we have some of those things in our product that help, you know, pare back that cloud bill. And, and the, the general idea is, you know, don't spend money on things that aren't adding, adding value. So that's kind of out that, you know, folks that have been in the cloud for a few years, maybe they're going into second cloud, um, you know, that, that kind of use automation and software to find everything to your advantage. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we have hey, customers that, oh, go ahead. No, no, keep going. I was going to say at the other end of the spectrum, you know, we have folks that are still, you know, um, you know, kind of like in the old days, you'd call like virtualization or virtualization plus, right? They've got their ESX clusters. They've got some, you know, manual processes for deploying things. You know, uh, somebody wants a, a simple VM or a or dev environment and, you know, you kick off, off a help desk ticket and it goes through and six different people touch it. I'm, you know, and three weeks later, you get your request fulfilled. So they may be using Cloud Center, even just in an on-prem environment to help automate the deployment of a simple VM or a dev stack for, you know, think of it as like a dev cloud in the corner. So we have folks that are doing that as well. So it's really, you know, a, a broad spectrum. What is your, your take on container adoption? Are you seeing a lot of... That's the thing I like adoption? to tell. Nope, Zach, are you there? He we paused lost, on us. He paused. We lost right Zach. <laughs> He's we there. It looks like he's saying something very intelligent, though. <laughs> oh, is he back? I think, I think I'm lagging. Oh, Zach, are you back? I, I think it's just lag here. Oh, yeah. we lost you. So you were going to go on uh, to talk about containers. Yeah, just kind of wanted to get your your sort of take on container adoption. Is it is it happening in production? Is it are people just kind of still testing the waters? What what technologies are you seeing requests for within your platform? Yeah, you know, we're we're definitely moving towards the uh, the market wanting to use and deploy containers in a production environment. Um, you know, it was it was really a kind of a developer led kind of technology because of that help desk ticket and wait thing that I mentioned earlier. You know, they want to be able to, you know, do the Docker run command and then stand up an environment that and get a consistent result without having to talk to IT to stand up the, you know, the infrastructure and the stack beneath it. Um, so we, we are moving towards supporting containers as a orchestrator in Cloud Center. So, you know, we abstract the APIs. So if you deployed Amazon, we convert the needs of the app into the API calls there. If you're deploying on-prem in vSphere, we convert so we'll have an orchestrator for Kubernetes. So we'll convert the needs of the app into that, uh, do that kind of that uh, native container deployment into a Kubernetes environment as well. And it, um, is, is that a difficult thing to do? Because I, I, and maybe I, I don't have this right. I know a lot of Cloud Center was based on virtual machines initially, right? But I, I know that you, uh, you guys mentioned at the beginning of our conversation today that it's mostly focused on applications. So is it a difficult thing to move from this um, paradigm where you're mostly supporting VMs to now moving towards containers? Or is it a very simple uh, change? No, I mean, it's it's a little complicated at multiple levels. I mean, if you, t you there's networking is different in containers. There's, uh, you know, you're not hitting a, you're not deploying a VM. You can, that's how Cloud Center does it now. You know, you can deploy into Kubernetes, but you need to deploy a VM, and then we'll deploy a workload into that. Um, so it does change things. 
Uh, we actually deploy components of our um, application in containers, and so you know it's not you know a foreign technology by any means. Right. Um, so you've been doing a lot of container stuff already. Now it's just increasing yeah. the ability yeah. for it. And then behind the scenes, you know, there's a there's kind of the housekeeping stuff that has to happen with a product like Cloud Center as well. Right now, we we license based on number of VMs deployed. So if you go to a container uh, kind of scheme where you're deploying workloads directly at the at the kernel level, without a VM, then we need to update our licensing uh, and able to track. So there's some of that kind of behind the scenes scenes changes that need to happen as well. So. Uh, so it does represent a, a shift. So does Cloud Center, can it provide reporting to help customers with licensing and reporting? Sure. So we so when we deploy, um, you know, uh, uh, into, say, Amazon East, Amazon West, we have an orchestrator piece of software that goes into each of those regions. If you have multiple vCenter environments. Uh, so our orchestrator communicates with a little agent that we put in each VM. So we have detailed granular data about consumption that we can then roll up uh, you know, through the, the cloud rate card, if you will, or you can assign costs uh, for time-based use in your like a, a VMware environment. Um, so you can aggregate that, you know, you can show costs by cloud, by app, by business unit, or you can drill down. Um, so so we have a lot of data. And we can either have a use the, the Cloud Center dashboard, or we can export that data into, you know, the, the, the reporting tools that most of our customers already have. So, who's your ideal customer for this? What is a what is a perfect customer? What point are they at? Well, I think they're you know we, I mentioned earlier there's this kind of normal distribution. Um, the, I think the ideal customer um, at the advanced end has felt the pain of multi-cloud, right? They, they've automated on-prem, maybe they've been using Amazon for a couple years, and for whatever reason, a business reason, or they've got a new leadership, or they, they want to reduce risk and with lock-in, the, you know, they've got a mandate to now do the, use Azure, or Pulumix, or Alibaba. And so they look at all the work they've done to, to write automation for Amazon, and they're like, man, I don't want to redo all of this for Azure, because I know that after we go to Azure, then you know something's going to change, and we're going to want to go to Alibaba or whatever, right? We're still early innings in the cloud cloud uh, adoption, so they go, okay, I, I don't want to have you know all of these automation artifacts that are hardwired or hard coded to a specific environment. Maybe we could find a way to abstract that. So, so at the at the sophisticated end of the spectrum, they they've got this multi cloud gee, I don't want to incur the cost of having to do this kind of automation cloud by cloud. So that's the ideal prospect there. Um, I think at the earlier in the kind of the cloud journey, just the idea that they want to automate deployment, um, they want to have some guardrails, they want users to be able to self-service, but they want to give IT the ability to say, you know, up to a certain number of VMs or up to a, you know, you can't put, you know, live, HIPAA patient data in the cloud. It has to be in the Phoenix data center. So they've got some of these policies and rules that they want to use to put guardrails around that automation. So they're a good prospect as well. Um, if, you know, it's one, one caveat on that. If it's just like the VM team that wants to automate deploying VMs, you know, they're automating a task in a multi-step process. That's not as good a fit because there are a lot of tools that can do that. But if they want to deploy a workload, 
and they want to automate you know, the VM and then the network team set, setting up the firewall rules and then the security team looking at, you know, the, the typically that four or five steps with four or five different people. They want to automate that kind of process. Even if it's back in their data center, that's a great fit for CloudSide. That's a, it's kind of, kind of interesting because, you know, as you started talking about the hybrid cloud thing, I think that kind of goes back to the announcement that just came out today. And the reason why Nikki scheduled us for today, right? Nikki, you knew all about this. Genius. Uh, well, this this announcement that came out today. So tell us about yeah. it. What is and welcome back, Zach. Good to have you. Thanks. Back. <laughs> so what 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 does this announcement mean today? Yeah. So I mean, the announcement basically means that um, you can take any service, right? Uh, applications are made up of services. Um, any service run by Kubernetes, put it anywhere that you like, and connect to other services anywhere else. Right. So, for example, let's take a um, that somebody that has a whole bunch of systems that are not going anywhere anytime fast. Right. They're, they're you know backend systems on mainframes. You know, a whole bunch of data on them. For whatever reason, they're not moving anywhere. But you've got these developers that want to build new applications uh, based on container technology that sits close to the the end users, so they can have great performance and all this different stuff through Cisco's relationship with, with Google that we just announced, deploy these application services or take advantage of services that are already provided by cloud vendors and connect them to any of the other services in any other cloud, back on-premise, anything like that, all securely done, everything like and and just make it, you don't care where the services live. You don't care where the data lives. You don't care where any of this stuff lives. We'll be able to connect it all through and manage it from one your entire DevOps and, and software development lifecycle. Yeah. And, and, and just a little, to clarify a little, I mean, what we announced is basically a joint developed solution between Cisco and Google. And so it's a combined, you know, Cisco hardware and software, you know, security, networking, connectivity, and then Google Cloud Services as well as other Google software, Kubernetes, and things like that. It's a combined solution, so it'll be pre-integrated. Single order, you know, a couple different configurations, Cisco support for level one with with Google for level two. So, you know, what, what I kind of hear in the developer community is that they spend, you know, they talk about focusing on the app, but people spend a lot of time on the stack. And so the idea here is you get this kind of Kubernetes, you know, the flexibility and agility, but you get a pre-integrated single vendor stack. So that to me is pretty cool. Peanut butter jelly time, better together. Exactly. Get it. So uh, talk to us about deployment. Like what happens, you know, how is it delivered? When a, when a customer says, yes, I want this, this sounds great. Like what does that process look like for them to get deployed and installed and trained and up and running and using it? Well, first, I think I have an order form here. Let me see. No, uh, <laughs> we take PayPal or no. Um, well, the, well, the idea is that so you know Cisco has got uh, is a global machine, right? So we've got a great field. We've got um, a lot of history and expertise in enterprise IT. We've got a huge partner community that that helps sell our products out into uh, the global accounts. So. Um, basically, it's it's taking a combined solution that's designed for the Cisco and Cisco partner community to really carry forward and, and sell. 
with, with Google participation and support. Um, and then you've got all these great Google services, you know, the Google Cloud as well as Kubernetes and Optio and, and other things that uh, really help modernize an application development and, and deployment process that are added to that as well. So it is a peanut butter and jelly kind of story, um, but the, the go-to-market is focused, you know, on the Cisco machine, if you will. And then that Cisco support, uh, you know, the, the, the one number to call kind of thing, you know, from a trusted, uh, a trusted provider like Cisco, that's a big deal as well. Again, I said, you know, like I said, a lot of people spend a lot of time kind of integrating these kinds of components into a stack. Um, so this kind of pre-integrated stack uh, as, a, as a kind of a way to simplify a lot of this technology that's, that's being adopted, I think is a, is a great value to our customers. So is, is the deployment a, a services engagement or is it a software deployment? Who, who's deploying it? Well, there will be two flavors in general. There will be a, you know, kind of an extension of a hyper-converged. Hyper, uh, hyper you know, we're talking about hyperflex with software pre-installed uh, that reaches out to consume cloud services. Um, so there will be um, Cisco and partner services available to help get that deployed and implemented. Um, we'll have a big push on the DevNet and the developer community to help uh, create content and you know, create some momentum behind the users of this kind of technology. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be sold and, and help implemented and, and supported by Cisco with Google. What are, what are your thoughts on, on past? On, you know, the, the red shifts and the, or the open shifts and the pivotals of the world. Like where does, where does Cloud Center fit into that thinking or not? Well, at, at a high level, I think of the PaaS decision as something that's made by the development team. You know, you need to, just like you pick Java or .NET or something on how, how you're going to architect an application, you pick a PaaS as a way to deploy, develop and deploy applications. Um, you know, it's got it, the PaaS services are going to be consumed by an app, and so you have to write that application to those specific services. Those services could be on-prem or in the cloud. You know, there's, there's ways to deliver those services, but you're, you're making a development decision. Whereas with Cloud Center, you know, we're able to kind of model, you know, any kind of application. We can include PaaS services in that model. We can use, uh, you know, out-of-box services like Apache or SQL Server. We can use cloud services like, uh, you know, that Amazon or others. So it's, it's a little more of a, a broader approach. You still get that kind of automation. Um, an automated deployment, but a lot of times that kind of solution is selected more by the IT ops, um, whereas the PaaS solution is, is often driven, that decision is driven by the, the app dev teams. Zach, are you back with us? Zach is still having, he, I see his <laughs> little frozen icon here, but I can't hear him. So we'll wait for, for Zach to come back on. I'm gonna ask the question, no. I'm sure people have asked you before, which is, how do you compare to other solutions that might be out there, like a, a right scale or something? Well, so you know, we have a patent pen, patented solution. No, we've got a. Uh, it's a, new, a unique approach. So when we did develop Cloud Center, the founders of Clicker, they basically set out to solve three problems. One is that the cloud's APIs are all different. And this was back when, you know, there was kind of the OpenStack versus Amazon. 
you know, is OpenStack going to adopt Amazon's API? And, you know, the, the founders of Clicker basically said there's no business motivation for a convergence of APIs. So let's assume they're all going to stay different. And the services you get from these different clouds are going to be different. And then, two, they saw that the automation to orchestrate the infrastructure deployment and then the application components and deploying those in a particular order and things like that, those were often separate. We have two different automation tools. And then they saw that, that the management of the clouds, the people that deploy into the clouds, and then the management of those applications, version controls, the underlying services, totally interdependent. So Cloud Center is uniquely designed to solve those, solve for those three problems at the same time. So we abstract the cloud APIs. You know, we create a, a deployable blueprint that contains all the information that's needed to deploy the app. And then that gets translated by the orchestrator that's in each environment into the API calls. So it's a model once deploy anywhere approach that is much different than scripts. You know, if you look at, you know, Look at something like Jenkins, right? It's a it's a CI/CD tool. There's a Jenkins plugin for hundreds of different environments. So there's a Jenkins plugin for Amazon. But when you go look at that, there's like hundreds of lines of code. It's hard coded to Amazon East. There are keys that are hard coded. You know, so if you want to deploy from Jenkins to Amazon West, now you've got to copy and paste and modify. Now you've got two automation artifacts. If you want to, you know, so it's you get this automation sprawl. Uh, with Cloud Center, that model wants deploy anywhere really reduces the cost of scaling automation to multiple apps, multiple clouds. So it is a, it is a, it's a long-winded answer. It's a lot there, but it is a significantly different approach. Love it. Zach, are you with us now? I don't know. You tell me. Am I? <laughs> I, I can hear you. You might want to turn your video off. I, for some reason, we're dropping packets. You're, yeah, you're, a, yeah. you're a little delayed there. Boo. So what's on? What's going on with the? the uh, oh, yep. Yeah, you're still you're I'll still getting delayed here. Yeah. You know, I was on I was on a webcast with Zach once, and and so I put a, I can't remember if it's Phineas or Fur, but it's one of them looks kind of like Zach, so I put that picture up. And, <laughs> <laughs> he told us in a private chat that his uh is it his laptop is is running 95 degrees oh yeah, yeah. southern california is getting burned it's right now heat wave, just, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous i saw work. i saw his windows open and i always laugh because i live in texas and like you never open your windows ever like it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Like either yeah. you know bugs are going to come in or <laughs> or yeah, next, something else. Next time he's got to do his Google Hangout from his water cooled gaming desktop. You know, it's like <laughs> his, something with a little more uh, his mining rig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what what's next for Cloud Center? Is there anything coming up? Any events that you all are attending that you want to tell us about? You know, we got a big, we had a, we're going to Amazon. Uh, the Amazon show is coming up. Uh, you know, amazing events. I think last year it was a, like 50% growth in attendance from the year before, and it's supposed to be another wow. 50%. Um, last year we had this great, you know, we had this awesome spot right near the front door. And so we did a family feud game, oh, which was this, you know, this custom design thing for, in the Cisco booth. 
you know, a lot of a lot of people go to the Amazon show and they see a Cisco booth and they're not sure what to think, right? So we got to make it right. fun. You know, we're not there to sell racks worth of hardware. We've got a lot of, you know, software that helps connect to the cloud. We've got uh, software that helps secure the cloud. We got software that helps manage the cloud. So our 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 purpose when we go to a show like Amazon is try to rebrand Cisco a little bit. You know, it's not your father's Cisco kind of uh, story. So this year. Um, I may be letting the cat out of the bag here a little early, but you know we're going to actually have a, like a second booth out out by the registration table. There's like I don't know if you've gone to the Amazon show, but they've got like a DJ, uh, you know, up at, up on the main floor by the escalators outside yeah, the show. Yeah, I've floor. seen that. Yeah, it's actually we're going to like register. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're going to have a hang a hang space, you know, kind of across from the DJ booth. So we're going to have our second booth out outside the expo hall so that's like the the big reveal this year so you know we'll have we're trying to make it fun you know we're gonna have games we're gonna have you know charging station i i, I tried to get us to have like a you know a big dome like you've got at burning man where you can kind of go in and <laughs> yes sit out and then maybe with some flaming sculptures but you know th there's rules when you go to a conference so we'll, we'll have some fun games and you know some be able to hang out maybe have some food coffee i don't know but it'll be a space across from the DJ booth. That's right. But no, no dome and no dome and no uh, furry boot covers. I guess no furry boot covers. Maybe some hula hoops. I don't know. We'll see. Zach, I like you your style, hula? Kurt. Yeah. Oh, I like. I like it too. <laughs> you know, because because you go to you go to a conference with you know twenty five thousand of your closest friends, and a lot of developers and t people in tech aren't big extroverts. So like having a little space where they can kind of. You know, just unwind a little bit before they go back into the crowd. That, that was kind of the yeah, about the second day too. Sometimes you just need that. Oh, um, and by the way, without video, now you get a really cool picture of me and my wife on on our honeymoon. By the way, yeah, uh, nice. that's uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at any of these conferences, you need somewhere just like I don't know, kick back and just get a piece of co a little bit of coffee and just hang out and not be bothered for a little bit. Yeah, I wish I could have that at home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I did actually, I just ordered, uh, it's like a Kickstarter thing. It's like a, a hanging tree pod. It's like this little pod that hangs from a tree and it's, they've got like six foot ones now and they have, oh, yeah. now, now they have them where there's like mesh and they've got like a, a door that like a little uh, bug cover. And I'm like, yes, because, uh, you know, hanging out in Texas isn't always that great, but yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to create an atmosphere of, of Zen and chill in my backyard. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a human-sized gerbil nest, right? That hangs from the tree. Yeah. Oh, it's it's cool. It's really neat. It's like a little yeah. hanging tent. Uh, and and yeah. since you're not touching the ground, you don't have to worry about ants, which is nice. All right. Uh, I want to uh, one day. I want to repeat the uh, the Amazon uh, laser course, maybe for my son's birthday party. The little laser course that they did, where if you touch the lasers, you got to like climb through the lasers. And if mission you impossible on, like, style? Yeah, Mission Impossible style. Oh, nice. That'd be great. They've done some really cool things at that conference. So fun. So fun. Well, uh, we are about out of time, Kurt. I know you have a hard stop here in a couple of minutes. So I wanted to thank you both so very much. Zach, I'm so sorry about the uh, the technical difficulties uh, you're yeah, having. No, no. But we're it's like 95 degrees in San Diego right now. My laptop's going crazy. <laughs> it's just nuts. I can't even believe yeah. it. Uh, yeah. You can follow Zach at Zachomatic, which is probably one of the more fun uh, Twitter handles I've gotten to to say. And Kurt, what is your Twitter handle? 
you know, I've got a unique unique name, so I actually got to use my name. So it's just Kurt Milne. M I L N E. That's right. So lucky. So lucky. Well, if anyone has questions about Cloud Center, feel free to give these guys a shout on Twitter, or if you are an existing Cisco customer, feel free to talk to your uh, Cisco account rep. Yeah, happy, be to, happy help. to get you plugged into these guys. What a great, what a great team of people. Over Thanks at Cloud for having Center. us. It's, it's been super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been fun. Awesome. Do it again we'll have to do it again. I know you guys have some other cool stuff that's coming up, and I would love to talk uh, to you more about it. So hopefully we can have you on before the end of the year. Sounds great. That'd be awesome. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right. Everyone say bye. bye. All right. Later on. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cloud Unfiltered. If you liked what you heard, we encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. And please join us next week for another discussion about the people, technologies, and strategies that are driving the phenomenon known as cloud. Unfiltered, of course.